Welcome to Mahogany Moms Podcast. My name is Dr. Rochelle Whitaker, but you can call me Dr. Shell. I'm here to provide support and education on all things motherhood. Join me every other Wednesday for encouragement, inspiration, and information as we delve into health, mental and physical, education, money, and everything else that comes with this motherhood journey. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Mahogany Moms podcast. Tonight, we have a very special guest, Arielle. She is with the Millennia Her podcast, but she's a mom. She's an entertainment journalist and producer. And so let's welcome Arielle to the Mahogany Moms podcast. How are you tonight? I am great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm doing great. Ready to just chat all things mom life and I'm so happy to be seeing you again. Awesome. Yeah. So I was on her podcast, her and her. My co-host, Cheryl's. Co-host, yes. Podcast some weeks ago. So yeah, I'm honored that you would be a guest and that you're here to share your story. So tell us more about who you are and what you do. Like you said so beautifully, I'm an entertainment journalist and producer. I thus far have switched into radio. I'm a, I'm a copy editor. That's like my main title. But I've been in the industry for eight years now. Been in the industry in and out freelancing from talk shows to reality TV programming to, like I said, radio. So I try to be a Jane of trades, but definitely try to master as I go along. So it's not like I just dibble and dabble and flee, but definitely. And now I'm into podcasting and radio. So that is what I do. Oh, I love that. A Jane of trade. I'm like, I've never heard that. So I love that. I'm gonna have to use them. Write that down. <laughs> but make sure you say the master part because you don't want people thinking that you just yes. do it and everything. <laughs> That's good. Okay. I wrote that down. Okay. So you are a mom of multiples. So tell us about what your journey into motherhood was like. Okay, so are we going to be like, like completely transparent or you want like a cookie cutter answer? Because, yeah. No, I want complete transparency because these moms out here thinking that everything is gravy. No, we want the, we want the whole truth and all the truth. <laughs> I am a mom of twins, fraternal twins. They're girls. They're four years old now. I was pregnant when I was 24. First pregnancy, not married, kind of fresh out of college. But my journey was very, it was unexpected. And it was actually really interesting because I did not even know I was really pregnant until I want to say into my second trimester. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because you were pregnant with twins. And so like nothing changed. Like there was nothing that gave you any kind of sign after your first trimester. And you're having two babies? Exactly. I know it's weird. I had to look it up. It's actually very common. I can't think of the term for it right now. I don't even think it is a term, but it's definitely a thing. And it's even worse in worst cases for some women where it's like seven months pregnant Mm -hmm. and they didn't even know that they were pregnant. But yes, I didn't have any morning sickness. None of those things. I was still traveling for work. The only thing I could in hindsight say was that I was very tired, but I just thought it was because I was working hard. And the interesting thing, again, in hindsight, I didn't have the urge to drink. I'm like a social drinker. Mm. So it was just a natural thing with my body. Like when I go out to work functions after work, if people were like, let's get some drinks. I'm like, no, I'm really good. You know, I've outdone myself kind of thing. And then what kind of was the last indication was 
when I was in the gym trying to work out and I was consistent and I normally have a routine like I'll go on a raw diet lettuce everything you know the whole nine and I was just realizing like I'm not losing any weight I'm actually <laughs> looking like I'm gaining more what is going on so that was like the last the last draw so how did you find out what sent you to the doctor I took a home pregnancy test I took a couple and because, you know, they come in that little dual pack. And once it confirmed that I was pregnant, it was actually the weirdest thing. Is I feel like this luck and like time restraint often happens to me. So I found out on a Friday on in the summer of 2016. Yeah. So I was nervous because I'm like, oh, my gosh, of course, it's Friday. Now I can't go to any doctor until <laughs> Monday or Tuesday. So, yes, yeah, so I went to the doctor and they confirmed that. That, it, that was the trickiest part because I didn't really even know I was pregnant. That That's why I said it was a hard to decipher whether I was either in my first or in my second. But either way, it was like 12, 13 weeks that I was far along. So was it at that doctor's appointment that they told you you were having twins? Yes. So <laughs> I found out in a double whammy that not only am I pregnant, but I am pregnant with twins. It was funny because the nurse was like, the twins running your family and I'm like I was already nerved you know my nerves were racking already so I don't know why I thought lying to her would change anything so <laughs> I literally was like no no but I know twins running my family like no no twins running my family and she's like okay well you're pregnant with twins and I said you're lying let me see that I was like let me see that let me see somebody else you don't know what you're talking about so yeah that's what she told me Wow. So what was that like for you? Okay, so you're, you've gone 12, 13 weeks. You don't even, that's not even on your radar. You take a pregnancy test, you go to the doctor, she confirms it. And then not only does she confirm it, but she tells you you're having twins. So what are you thinking? I feel like I went temporarily insane. Um, just so many things, you know, like I said, first try, already passed my first trimester. All the things, you know, now I'm doing guilt of like, oh my gosh, what was I doing for these past three months? Do I even want children right now? It was a whole bunch of things. I was still living with my mom. I was really working crazy hours. I was actually planning to relocate with my one of my best friend to LA when that happened. And so it was a lot. I literally did not know what to do. And I was just scared to tell my mom for at least like a week. So I, I kind of suffered in silence for like a couple of days. It was just really scary. I didn't know what I was going mm-hmm. to do. It was not in my plans at that time. And that's as honest as I can be. Okay. So you wait a few weeks, you tell your mom, when do you make the decision that, okay, yeah, this is something I think I can do. I'm going to do this and I'll just figure it out. So it wasn't that long. I only waited a couple of days to tell my mom. It was just like, again, that time restraint for me. It was already so many weeks along that I was like, I felt like I did not have that much time to decide what I wanted to do because there were people growing inside me and not just that, like I'm factoring in their dad and just all of these things that's going to happen. So what it took for me was, it sounds so cheesy, but it literally was what they say you shouldn't do if you're in undecisive, which is looking at the sonogram. Mm. Like that was really hard not to do because I was crying all the time. I was happy, sad, 
telling God how he's funny because I'm like, okay, God, I said I wanted twins because it runs in my family, but I didn't say I wanted it today. Like, you know, like <laughs> that was one of those things where I was like, all right, God, you listen to this of all things. I said I wanted a million dollars. Where that's at? You give me. <laughs> but I think that's what really helped me decide. And, and obviously my partner, my spouse was very supportive. And then once I, t- and even still on the fence, I what I just said I needed to tell my mom because I really just felt like I needed to get her advice on it because I don't have my dad. So it was just like, go to her. And then once I went to her, she j- jumped for joy. Like, literally <laughs> like, I wanted twins. You took mine. I'm like, all right. And then, you know, she just gave me that reassurance, you know, that if I want to become a mother and that I shouldn't think about all of the external things, mm-hmm. you know, that is going on that I can figure it out if I really just took a moment to breathe and know that somebody was there. And I think I really needed that to like calm all of the noise. Mm. So you mentioned when you were, you know, all of these things you were taking into account while you were still in the haze of finding out and trying to figure out your next steps, but you mentioned your partner. So did you tell your partner before you told your mom and what was their reaction? I definitely told my partner before I told my mom. It was so scary. So after I took the two tests, I was actually supposed to pick him up from work. And I picked him up from work. And I and and then I just took a minute after we got into the car because I can't really hold water that long, especially (laughs) if it's like something seriously crazy. I kind of want to share the weight like when stuff Mm -hmm. like that happens. So it's like, get it out of my head. So I I showed him the I don't think I took the like physical pregnancy test that I feel like some women do nowadays but I took a picture and and then I showed him the picture for sure or a combination of both and then when I told him you know he was he was shocked and and he was shocked like what (laughs) when why x y and z and then and then he he was more so like let's wait until the doctor kind of thing I don't think it really hit him until we went to the doctor but then once we went to the doctor and and the doctor said like the 13 weeks he's like where 13 (laughs) weeks where you look the same I spent all this time with you what's going on and all of that so it was very hard on the both of us because he was actually just graduating from college Mm. and so he didn't really even get to go into the working world and like Mm. you know really do anything yet like even me I didn't get to do as much but I definitely was out of school for at least three years I graduated the top of 2014 from Rutgers so I had at least two years to Mm. be in the working world and see life so that I think kind of, he never said it, but I really do think that that was part of what shocked him the most. But, you know, we had a conversation and about, you know, just, I think I was more optimistic than he was. He's more of a realist. And I'm just like, everything's going to work out. We're going to be one big, happy family. And he's just like, things will work out that way. You don't know. But, but all in all, we did come to the decision together. It wasn't like he, you know, he left me to make all the decisions on my own. Okay. It was really helpful. And so what was your, so once you find out, you tell um, your partner, you share with your partner and you share with your mom, what was your pregnancy like? It's like two sides to it. Medically, it was fine. Technically I'm high risk because I have multiples. 
and I was going to all of these doctor's visits and things like that. So for the most part, everything was good, healthy. But on the professional side, because again, I'm still, I don't know what kind of mindset I was in, but I'm a, I'm a Sagittarius and I'm an only child. I don't, I don't know. I don't take no for answers. Mm. You know, I figure it out. I make a way. So I, at the time I really, I still had a job. I was working all types of hours, 14, 15, 16 hours a day in New York, in Harlem, in New York city. I worked at Black Ink Crew on VH1. So I was doing that at the time. And that is what took a toll because I'm always tired. Mm. I'm irritable. You know, I'm on my feet. I'm in one of those industries where they don't appreciate pregnant women, pregnant black women, when black women, you know, even though it's a black show, you know, it's one of those things where it just doesn't, it's not appreciate. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if appreciate is the word, but it was hard. That's what made it hard. I didn't even tell my job until the very last second, even though I was showing. But I'm thinking you're pregnant with twins and no, I mean, th- nobody said anything. Okay, so I wasn't showing, clearly I wasn't showing a lot at the very beginning. So I was wearing a lot of like baggy clothes and just like mind your business. That was kind of my mindset, like mind your business. I will, I don't have to tell you. I started researching on my own, just in Google's like, what are you required to do as the pregnant person and what the employer is required to do as the employer? Mm-hmm. If I worked on a don't ask, don't tell policy, and I never really even do that, but I wanted to keep that for myself. And I did not want to put myself in a position to lose a job and none of that, none of those things. So I was trying to toe the line as long as I could, if that makes sense. But they eventually asked me. And once they asked me, I told them the truth. And that was it. Once I did tell them, it's almost like nothing really, it, things kind of changed, but it didn't. But mm-hmm. it made, it definitely weighed on me from balancing my job to actually being pregnant. Like, for example, I'm still working 14, 15, 16 hours, but there were some grievances that they allowed me and I'm appreciative for that. But it was still also, you know, if I'm going to a doctor's appointment, they very well still wanted me to come in two hours later. Mm-hmm. I'm traveling and I live in Jersey. So Jersey, New York, you know, I'm crossing the bridge. Mm-hmm. I'm catching trains, things like that. So it was it was difficult on that part. Or even I started getting hot flashes. When you asked about how my pregnancy was, <laughs> that was like probably the, the worst. I got hot flashes. I know it, our older women with mm-hmm. menopause are dealing with, okay? It's <laughs> no joke. Okay, and, and I'm sure, I'm, I mean, menopause may be even worse, but that if, if, if those hot flashes are any testament to what menopause will be like, I don't want it. Because, <laughs> like, catching on the train, I had to literally sit in my own section on the train. If anybody tried to sit next to me, I'm like, don't you see me sitting here? Like, <laughs> I need all of this space. I had to sit close to the conductor. I had to sometimes have a police officer with me because wow. I was like overheating. I always had to have a cold water bottle. It started getting real crazy, but a combination of all of that was really stressful. So yes, yeah. me- medically, okay. But when you try to factor in trying to still balance your regular life with your, with not even really, I feel like coming to terms that you can't do everything he was doing, girl. Right. You can't up and move and 
do all of that. I think that really, I got the short, like I was stubborn in that. And I had to learn a few lessons for sure. I didn't even get on maternity. Like they had to make me like, Oh wow. Like my due date was January 4th. I had my baby shower December 4th and I delivered on December 19th and I stopped right before Thanksgiving. Wow. You are really stuck. You are really headstrong that I'm going to do this job. I like this job or maybe I don't like this job, but I'm going to finish this job. (laughs) Exactly. And in hindsight, I'm so, I feel so like, why did you do that? Because now I have a lot of regrets on me not really enjoying my pregnancy. Like I said, I just had to learn a few lessons. So like, even when I see my friends, taking all these beautiful pictures, going on baby moons and things like that. I'm like, I never did that. I was in and out of that office all the time or laying my feet up. And I really feel like I wish I could get that back. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I feel like I get the quote unquote baby fever. I don't really think I want more kids. I don't know yet. But I think the the seed still is within me because it's like, if and when I do, I'm going to enjoy it. You can't tell me nothing. I'm going everywhere. I'm posting baby bumps. I'm holding my belly all day. I'm wearing the cutest clothes. So it's like definitely some regrets there. Okay. So you go into labor and you have not one, but two babies. What is life like for you then? What do you mean exactly? Like the labor part or you mean like once they were born? Once they got here and you had to juggle so did you stop working? Were you on maternity leave? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just stopped working because I was a freelancer. So I was just collecting unemployment or work, uh, living off my saving for that portion. My great grandmother had just died. It was so crazy when they were born, like a couple of days before they were born. I really wanted her to meet them. So that kind of gave a somber note to the start mm-hmm. of them being born. But life was crazy. My family, again, I was still living with my family at the time in their home. (laughs) My boyfriend moved in with us. They were all just trying to be the cleavers out here. And (laughs) that wasn't really like working out at all. He was working all the time. When he's like, he's up, I'm asleep. I'm up, he's asleep. But then it's like with the baby's two hour feedings, I'm trying to get breast feeding down. And that was absolutely horrific. I could not breastfeed. That did not last long at all. And very much stressed. Uh, yeah, it was just crying, screaming all the time. It was very difficult. I had a lot of support. My friends, my family would watch them. It came so fast. Mm-hmm. This is why I said I have so many regrets because I didn't even have pregnancy bras or anything. I was just, I felt like I was very ill-prepared. I had like, I'm here building milk and I had to go, you know, with my friends to Burlington or wherever we went to find the perfect bra and I'm leaking and Mm. I'm in pain. And it was just very crazy for a long, long time. (laughs) When did it start to get better? It started to get better once they started to crawl. Okay. Probably like five months six months it goes to my testament of just being a workaholic which I can say I'm trying to get better since the pandemic but I even tried to go back to work like in five months nothing really long at all my friends now you can't even talk to them they're like I'm staying home throughout the year year and a half but yeah that it started getting easier a bit thin 
my mom and my Nana, they did something really nice and they gutted out my room that was obviously, I didn't need a room anymore. And they turned it into a nursery and had them be, you know, sitters and things. We were able to get like a community program where I was able to pay, like the city was able to help me pay my family to watch them. So it was kind of like to bring money back into like, yes, that's your grandmother and that's your mom. But if you can bring money in and help people along the way, that's what I tried to do. And it worked out and it helped, you know, relieve stress where it could. Wow, that's a nice program. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, because you're in Houston, right? I feel like there's programs like that locally. No, no, okay. Well, it should be. I have never heard of that, but that doesn't mean it doesn't, it doesn't exist. Okay, well, I, I would try to see, but that was definitely for New Jersey and in my city. So it definitely helped. And so did you go back to work at Five Months? I know you said you tried, but were you successful? Yes, I did. I worked a couple jobs. I went, got back into the entertainment field. I was working as a journalist on a show and that was hard. It was actually hard too, because my mom bod, I didn't realize that that was going to be now subject of ridicule. And I worked at a place because I'm on camera where I got fired because I wasn't skinny enough or I wasn't looking the part. So that was one job. But then I transitioned and I got a new job on ABC at the Chew. Love them before it got canceled. And, and I was working there. So it's back to the train. I, I definitely did get back to work. It was very hard because, again, it was still the first year. I had to learn. The pandemic really helped me. And I'm glad it came early on. Not glad it came. That's a bad mm-hmm. word. But I mean, what I was able to learn during this terrible situation was that I need to refocus what's important because here I am again as I'm even talking to you I'm realizing it I told you I have regrets when they were born because I didn't enjoy my pregnancy and now I was about to tell you that I basically missed the first year of their life because I'm working and I I chose to go back to work yes I we needed the money but also I was like in my head I'm not gonna let having children stop me from pursuing my dreams how can I tell my children to go for what they want and it could be anything if here I am not even pursuing my aspirations and what I have planned so I definitely feel like that was something so I did get back to work but that I did pay the price as well I was gone all the time didn't know a lot of their firsts I had to hear it from their dad or you know my mom or their godmom but it's better now it's definitely better and it's it's counting where it needs to be counted but (laughs) your moms and your fellow moms and new moms are expecting really like for those who are out there trying to be millennials. Cause I think that's what a lot of millennial moms do is we think that they, you know, we are trying to force something that is just not natural. You will have to put down some things to be a mother. And I don't think I came to terms with that. And I definitely continue to pay the price until I stop being hard headed. So I think that's so interesting because one of the things I've heard lately is that a lot of young women, especially African-American women, are choosing their careers over motherhood. They're feeling like they have to, if they want to be successful, then they can't really have kids or they don't want to have kids because it's going to slow them down. And what I like to say is you can have both. It's just not going to look the same way. You may have some derailments, you may have some delays, but you can still achieve what you want to 
but it just may look different. And so it may not be the straight path that you envision for yourself. And so what would you tell a mom who's like, yeah, I'm not having kids because I want to have a career. I would tell women who are choosing their careers over motherhood or think they could push it back until they've gotten to a certain point in their career that no situation is perfect. Mm -hmm. I think that if you have a stable support system and you have also mapped out really where you want to go, I don't think you will be derailed. I think what the problem really is, is that you know you may not be as focused in your career yet. So if you're already not as focused or are on track, you think that if you completely go and, you know, if, if it, you're presented to become a mother or it's unexpected or you finally find a man because it is hard out here, I'm hearing, you know, to get you one. Once you get them, you want to keep them. And then they want to, you know, procreate and start families. And it's almost like now you're choosing a career over a man. I think that you should just focus on, okay, this is the reality and then work around the rest because no matter what is still going to change. Even if you did have a career and you pursued it, you don't know what your health could be like in five years. You don't know if you'll have a partner or what that'll be like in five years, you know, it's not as easy to freeze eggs, embryos, uh, you know, things like that, that people are millennially doing nowadays. Like that takes a lot of money for the everyday modern woman. If you are just a working class, I really think that is basically just focus on your situation and your goals and really be focused in that. I think focus on one and try to figure out the rest. Okay. So I think that's good. I think that you made some good points and definitely what you said about, you know, freezing eggs and, and all of those things that we hear so much about, because you hear celebrities talking about it. There's a lot more that goes into that. When you start looking at the research about percentages of frozen eggs actually (laughs) working, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Right. And so But there's not a lot of discussion about that. You just hear more about people freezing their eggs because they're choosing to have uh, to wait to have kids or they want to be able to have the opportunity. But there are lots of things that come with waiting. And so I think that those are very valid points and I'm glad you raised them. So let me ask you this. So what is it like to be a mom of two at the same time, like two going through the same things at the same time? (laughs) It is definitely a a circus. It's also very enlightening for me because in their eyes, I'm the barometer of fairness and Mm -hmm. I set the tone, but it's also more of a challenge for me because again, I'm an only child. So I never really had to focus on another person's feelings as far as like siblings go, you know, once I, you know, got friends and social, okay. But even that struggled with that towards adulthood. So for them, to be automatically, you know, mm-hmm. just as important, definitely was a challenge. And I had to teach them that that's important because I, I had to also do the research. And I feel like, obviously, I'm, I know you, you're skilled in this, but I had to uh, think about that. I feel like, what, when was the last an- analytic? It was like, that they don't even know each other existed. Like, they can't see each other or even know that the other person's there until like, four or five, like three, four or five months. So to them and their 
infancy. They're the only thing that's important. They're the only thing there. They don't see right. the other person. It's about them, what they need. So when they're two hour feeding, feed me on the left breast, feed me on the right breast. I'm like, ah, but they don't <laughs> care because they don't even know that their sister is there. And that was definitely something that I researched. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. But even fast forward, it's, it's now lessons on sharing is caring, feeling, you know, friendships, not hitting, how to be in tune with your emotions. So it's definitely, like I said, from the first is I'm the barometer and I try to be very fair with them. So it takes turns. Sometimes I have to be the bad guy with one, but then I'll pull them to the side and, and, and let them know why I, I feel like I'm, I very much try to over explain Mm. why I'm doing what I'm doing because it's just natural for them to see okay even if one got away with it and that and it's not even in the other twins character to try it but because they see that it's she's gotten away with it now she's trying it now I'm like "Uh uh-uh you don't I I see right through you cut it out so definitely it's 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 like it's like the Olympics (laughs) and they up on me Yes, I can imagine. It's worse. It's literally worse. It doesn't get better. (laughs) But you just have to get thicker skin and understand that you run the show. I think Mm -hmm. that that if you just set these hard values now, it'll get easier as opposed to later. And then you're trying to, you know, basically talk to this little grown person. So I, de- I definitely agree with that. Do they have, because they're fraternal twins, do they have the twin vibe or not so much? Not so much in the traditional sense, but definitely when it comes to like, when they're apart, how much they want to now talk to each other on the phone, they're definitely checking. They'll ask me or their dad when they're apart, like what's Riley doing or what's Rochelle doing? They want to know what's going on. But then when they're together, they fight all the time. <laughs> Oh, it's like, okay, but it comes with that. Or if they, one of them gets hurt, then they're like, oh my God, my poor baby. Let me, let, they're the mom to each other. And I'm just like, well, what am I here for? So <laughs> that's how I feel like their little twin thing happened for sure. Wow. I, I cannot imagine what life is like for you, right? For them, I'm sure it's fun, but for you, I'm it like, oh my God. It happened, okay, child, because they're like, what oh you're doing a podcast can I be in it (laughs) take over the show (laughs) so what would you tell a mom based on your experience that they may not know about motherhood what advice would you give well I have a few tangible things I try to pull these together for sure definitely once you've given birth if you can keep your child in your room I think, I don't know why doctors are encouraging mothers. It's no judgment, but definitely I feel like that bonding time, that skin to skin, especially for multiple mothers, that is very rare. I had a cesarean. I was not able to really get skin to skin with one of my girls. Mm -hmm. And they were, one of them was actually in the NICU. So it was very hard. So I, I compensated with that by keeping them. So I would definitely say keep your children if you can in the room I know you're tired but it's a lot of things that go on outside the room you're already tired it's just best to get that time also if you do have children that are in the NICU and uh, now the technology has been advanced 
sign up for the mobile alerts. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how important that was for me. An example, one of my girls needed a, a jaundice test or got one, like as far as like the regular checkups go. And they wanted to do it again because they, like after the fact, they said they couldn't find record that it was done. I pulled it up on my phone. And this is a great hospital, mind mm -hmm. you. Who was bomb? Everything was amazing. But it was like, they could not find the record. And I'm like, okay, well, I have it on my phone. So you're not going to touch my child until you can find what I see right here. Mm -hmm. And then miraculously, they found it. And, you know, the story, you know, the excuse, I'm sorry, da, da, da. I don't have time for stories when you're talking about my child mm -hmm. that's in the NICU. I can't even get there. I'm in a wheelchair wheeling all over across the hospital just to see her, you know, in pain. So you don't have time for that. So sign up for them alert so you can keep track of your child, their feedings, mm -hmm. et cetera. Now, if you're going to be a breastfed mother and you're not going to opt for formula, make sure you say that early. That was another mistake that I did not care for at my hospital. They fed my child formula mm. and I was really trying to, I was actually delivering formula because I was producing a lot in the hospital. But then here I am again, back to the mobile alert, seeing that she's getting fed formula. And I'm like, I never even told you that I wanted her to get that. You were supposed Wait. to ask me. So you were, you were, you had stored milk that you were taking to the NICU, but they weren't giving her that milk. They were giving her formula. They weren't telling me that it was gone to like bring uh -oh. like more. Like mm -hmm. they weren't telling, they were saying it was to compensate, but I'm like, you didn't even, I, I have it. I could have been trying more. Mm -hmm. My whole thing is just like, let's communicate. Right. Don't just think for me. Even if I wasn't, you know, producing enough, give me that option. Because you ain't about to pay these bills. So you need, you need to be talking to me every step of the way. So definitely the mobile alerts, definitely the formula, all the things I just said. And then also, it's just a lot of start strong. And then after, if you want to get your snack back, ladies, <laughs> definitely take heed to the nurse when she comes in with that, like, waist thinner thing that they come in with okay I didn't have that I knew about it because they only okay. have so I knew I knew about the like banding yourself that's what they call it because okay. that's what they do in African cultures but they that was not an option in the hospital where I was no oh wow huh I, I back then it, I never even knew about it to like do research of whether it's offered in hospitals mm -hmm. but that's interesting but it's definitely necessary because it's been hard ever since to get rid of this fupa. For real. <laughs> and I blame it. Again, regret. I remember these things. I'm like, girl, if you would have put that band on, you would have been snatched by now. <laughs> so definitely, even if it's not given to you in your hospital, order it ahead of time and bring it with you in your delivery bag. But that is definitely the core, core ones. Okay. Well, Thank you so much for being on the podcast, for sharing your story and your experience. You have given us, I'm like, I feel like I need to have you back so you can talk about your NICU experience. But thank you for what you've shared. And how can moms find you? Where can they find you? My fellow Mahogany Mom followers, please make sure you come on over and visit the Millennial Her podcast. It's a very long title, hopefully. 
you know, Dr. Rochelle will post it up there for you. So it's a Millennial Her podcast. We discuss all millennial issues, social justice, mental health. Like Dr. Rochelle said, we had her on our show. Episode will be dropping very soon for parents. We're talking about because I'm a mom and we basically claim ourselves as the audio blueprint for bosses on the rise. So millennial Mm. bosses like myself, like Dr. Rochelle. So definitely follow the Millennial Her podcast for all things coming up. And thank you, Dr. Rochelle, for having us on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Loved it. Have to have you back. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Mahogany Moms podcast with me. If you like the podcast, please show your support by sharing it and leaving a review. If you'd like to learn more about us, go to mahoganymomspodcast.com. Until next time.